Hello, and welcome to the commentary for Lesson 361. This is Isaiah chapter 10. And I have a lot of updates and things to tell you, um, kind of let you know how we did with the storm and um, Hurricane Florence came through here. And so it's been about a week, I think, since I've posted. I also have some other exciting news to share with you, but um, the reason that we're here is to study God's Word, so I'm going to go ahead and do the commentary first, and then I'll tell you all the exciting news and things that have been happening. Um, so anyways, uh, I did refer to the Easy English Bible Commentary for a lot of um, what I will mention today, and I'll read a little bit from that. But basically, um, in this passage, Isaiah is talking about how God will punish the people of Israel. He will use the Assyrian king and his army to do it. And the king has no idea that he's just a pawn of God. It calls him a tool. Um, the king is arrogant and proud. He thinks it's all because he's so smart and he boasts and, you know, he thinks verse 12 or actually 13 says, he boasts, by my own powerful arm I have done this. With my own shrewd wisdom I planned it. So he's very prideful, and um, obviously he is not a God follower, so there's, it makes sense that he wouldn't give credit to God. Um, but once God is finished using him and his army to punish his own people, then he will also turn and punish Assyria for their pride and arrogance. And this probably refers to, this is what I got from Easy English Commentary. Verse 16, let's read that. It says, Therefore the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, will send a plague among Assyria's tro proud troops, and a flaming fire will consume its glory. The Lord, the light of Israel, will be a fire. The Holy One will be a flame. He will devour the thorns and briars with fire, burning up the enemy in a single night. The Lord will consume Assyria's glory like a fire consumes a forest in a fruitful land. It will waste away like stick people, or sorry, it will waste away like sick people in a plague. Of all that glorious forest, only a few trees will survive, so few that a child could count them. So all that is talking about God's destruction on the Assyrian army. And it talks about a fire. Um, it's likely that that's not literal, but that it's a metaphor for um, how God will consume them. And this probably refers to Isaiah, or this prophecy is probably fulfilled later in Isaiah 37 verses 36 through 37. I'll read that to you. It says that night, the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. When the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. Then King Sennacherib of Assyria broke camp and returned to his own land. He went home to his capital of Nineveh and stayed there. Verse 38 tells us that as he was worshiping his false god in a temple, his sons came in and killed him with swords and then escaped um, to the land of Ararat and another son became the next king of Assyria. So we see that play out, right? God killed the Assyrian army with sickness, which answers the prophecy in verse 18 when it says, the Lord will consume Assyria's glory like a fire consumes a forest in a fruitful land. It will waste away like sick people in a plague. Okay. And only a few will survive. 
And that's consistent with what is what later happens in Isaiah chapter 37. So God's people do have hope, um, even though God does punish them. Um, they have a promise that a remnant will remain. And they do have Isaiah and his son, Meher, Meher Shalal Hashbaz. Remember him? And his name means retribution. But soon will, God will rise up King Cyrus whose name means restoration. And we talked about that back in Isaiah 8. Now, one thing I want to mention is that in that list, we talked about, I don't know if you remember when we talked about the naming of the babies, and that was so cool. Well, I thought it was weird that there were seven babies that God named, and then came Jesus number eight, because it seems like Jesus should be number seven, right? Um, well, Cyrus, and I didn't look, I'll admit, I didn't look into each and every one of them. I kind of took the outline from a website, but King Cyrus, I didn't see, I, I just got curious because this is really interesting to me, the naming of the babies. Was King Cyrus actually named as a baby or was this just a prophecy that happened to know his, what his name would be? You know, there is a difference. Um, when Jesus before Jesus was born, an angel of the Lord appeared to both Mary and Joseph and said, Hey, you're going to have a son, and this is what his name will be. God himself named that son, um, named Jesus. God himself, we know, named John the Baptist. And so I'm really curious here because I don't see any evidence that God himself named Cyrus before he was born. But the prophet Isaiah clearly knows that King Cyrus will come come in the future and he does know what his name is. But that's different, isn't it? So I, I'm going to look into this and I'll follow up with you later. But I really want to know specifically what babies God named, uh, because I don't see the evidence that he actually named Cyrus. He just refers to him. He knows of him before his existence, um, but he didn't tell the parents what to name him. Um, so that was interesting. And, and if that's the case and Cyrus wasn't actually named by God, then um, then that would make Jesus number seven, which is just better, which is cool, because seven means perfect and renewal and... Um, that, that just makes more sense, doesn't it? Okay, so that essentially is um, the commentary for our reading today. And I think the main point of that is that God used the Assyrian army and the Assyrian king as his pawns. So these kings that get arrogant, these leaders, our presidents, um, <laughs> think what you may about Pro President Trump, but it's not really up for debate that he's an arrogant man, right? So our leaders can be arrogant. Um, I think to get to a position of, at that level, you'd kind of have to be. That just goes with the territory. Um, but anyways, our leaders are arrogant and they think they're in charge of everything. And this scripture reminds me that, you know, they're not in charge of anything. They're all just tools of God and that he will rise up nation against nation and he will decide who has victory and who doesn't. And so um, there's no reason for leaders or any of us, for that matter, to take credit um, ourselves for something that God allowed us 
to do. So anyways, just a good reminder. But so let me tell you about the updates about Hurricane Florence. The last I did commentary here, I was, we were kind of bracing for impact and I was in heavy prep mode. And there is, okay, I'm from Oregon and <laughs> I don't know if they just, if I was just raised this way. I, we went camping, okay? We didn't go on vacation to the beach. We didn't go stay in a condo. We went camping because that's how poor people vacation, okay? So <laughs> at least that's how we did. And so um, I have old skills that I haven't tapped into for quite some time. And so this hurricane coming and knowing that we could be without power for a long time and that we could be stuck in this house um, because I knew that trees would likely fall on the roads and it would cut off our power and it would um, possibly fall on our house, hopefully not. Um, and it would certainly block roads though. And I knew that we could be stuck here for some time. So the little survivalist in me went out and I bought like a little uh, coffee maker that would that you make coffee on the camp fire and I bought like a propane stove and I bought all this survivalist stuff and I was really kind of excited to practice my skills and see you know see if I could hack it and I was also excited because my boys who never I can never get I love to play cards I can never get them to play cards with me or board games or anything like that I'm nerd I'm a total nerd I love that stuff and when the power goes out, that's my first thought. I'm like, oh, yay, maybe I'll get to play cards. And so, but of course, I have to wait for not just the power to go out, but then for the battery to drain on their phones. I know it's sad, isn't it? But it's just the reality of the world we live in today and our spoiled kids with phones. So anyways, I was excited about that. And the funny thing is, well, first of all, I'll tell you that we're okay and that no trees hit our house. And we did lose power for quite some time. Um, we were stuck for a little bit, but not because trees were falling on the ground. It was just kind of because we didn't know what was going on and we had to wait for the hurricane to go through. And it did take some time. And so it kind of hovered over us for a while. You may have seen that on the news reports. And so as we hunkered down and waited for the storm to pass, I will say, you know, we just got the outer band of it. And it's really interesting. If you watch this hurricane approach the eastern shore, it literally, it hit our coastal towns really hard. Um, and it kind of went it shifted southwest. It was headed straight at us, straight at Raleigh, um, North Carolina, Category 4. But when it shifted southwest, instead it hit South Carolina and Georgia, circled around Raleigh, and went up north of Raleigh. We lost part of one tree, and that was it. And a lot of branches and trees fell to the ground that, you know, made our yard really messy, and we still have a lot of cleanup to do. But for the most part, we came out pretty unscathed. So we're, we feel very fortunate. Um, but this hurricane rocked the coastal towns really bad. Um, it hit Georgia and South Carolina hard. And I, I'm concerned about those areas because they really weren't expecting it. See, in North Carolina, we had all this time to get ready for it. We saw it approaching. It even stalled for us to get ready. 
so we all were well stocked with water and all these supplies and canned goods and just getting ready to hunker down. But those southern states, southern South Carolina, uh, maybe they were somewhat prepared, but I don't think Georgia had any idea that that was going to come into their world. So um, just pray for those areas because I know, you know, they, they were probably less prepared than we were. So I think the general feeling here in Raleigh is just gratefulness to the extreme. And now we're all, um, just really all those supplies we stocked up on, we're feeling so grateful that we didn't really need those. And so those need to go to the areas. And so there's a lot of, um, donation sites popping up everywhere. And I found out from my friend Kess that even in Washington state that they have Hurricane Florence aid, um, donation places popping up in the grocery stores. So that's cool. I didn't realize that even people on the other side of the country are tuned in to what's going on here um, in the Carolinas and Georgia and trying to help out. So that just really is cool when everybody comes together like that. So um, the one area that we are most concerned about, or, or I would say that personally has tugged at my heartstrings is Lumberton. That's in Robeson County in North Carolina. And I have a friend who's from that area. And um, the people of Lumberton, you know, they just started recovering from Hurricane Matthew, which came a couple years ago, and devastated them. And I kind of went down with um, her and helped with clothes and stuff and kind of saw firsthand the struggles of those people, even sometime after um, that Hurricane Matthew hit, you know, they were just displaced for a long time. It took them a long time to rebuild. And, um, you know, they had just rededicated churches. They had just kind of, just kind of got their wits about them again in recovery from Hurricane Matthew. And then comes Florence and just devastates them again. And it's just so sad. Um, those, those are very strong people, but they are going to need a lot of prayer and a lot of support. Um, and, because my friend Sonora is from that area, she got married at Burnt Swamp Baptist Association or that church. And so anyway, she knows the people that run that Baptist Association and she believes that they are credible and honest and that all of the donations would get to 100% to that area. So if you want to donate to Hurricane Florence victims, I can think of no better place than Lumberton. And um, she assures me that this is a place that's down there with the people that have been with the people, know what they've been doing, and that all of the money will go to the proper place. If you're interested in that, it's burnt, like like I said, it's burnt swap, burnt, burnt swamp, Baptist Association, P.O. Box 1207, Pembroke, P-E-M-B-R-O-K-E, North Carolina, 28372. And then she says to please be sure to put in the memo, Hurricane Donation, and that Reverend Steve Strickland, who's the director of missions there, he will ensure your donations get accounted for and that all of it will go towards that relief effort. So um, if you want to help, that's a good way to do it. Okay, one other update that I have is um, 
I, I think I've mentioned before that I was working on a ministry for young women called Chosen. And we had our, um, I'm working with Sonora and also a woman named Nicole Stern, who's um, very dear to me. And they, they are amazing women. And um, we finally had the launch for Chosen, the launch party. And it was just kind of telling the people that were interested what it is and what, why we're doing it and um, what our hope is and really just kind of, you know, this is something that God is putting together and we believe this is the beginning of something new and exciting. So um, it was really cool to have that launch and be able to just generate excitement for it. We had t-shirts and banners and it's all, you know, we have a logo, like it's really coming together and it's very exciting to see what God's going to do. And I'm, it wasn't a huge crowd, but it was, I'm sure just the right people. And, um, I think it's going to start roll. Things are going to start rolling with it. It's exciting. So if you're curious and you want to know more about the chosen ministry, um, we don't really have a huge amount of funds at this point. So um, we don't really have an active website going just yet, uh, but we do have a Facebook page if you want to look that up and kind of see what's going on and how things are progressing. Just go onto Facebook and look up Chosen Ministry. And on the top profile, it's like a logo that says Chosen. Because you'll see a few things that say chosen ministry, but this is just like a kind of a watermark purple blob with the word chosen on it. And um, on the the cover at the top of the Facebook page is a scripture, Colossians 3.12, which is sort of the backbone of this ministry and the idea of chosen and how it all got started. That scripture says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That is sort of, like I said, the backbone of this ministry. And really it's just people coming together that have a heart for young women. And we recognize that teen girls and young women in general are just really struggling right now um, with so much anxiety and depression and, um, you know, the view of themselves is just so wrong and they take things too lightly that they shouldn't and they also think too much of things that they shouldn't. So they just, they need to be reminded of, first of all, who they are in God's eyes and we just want to love on these girls and equip them to weather the storm because it's tough out there for these young people. And so, um, that's what it's about. And like I said, if you want to know more, just check out the Facebook page. Uh, or you can message me if you want to. Um, my name is, or my email is, if you don't already have it, is Jamie, J-A-M-I-E dash Holden, H-O-L-D-E-N at com, And, um, you're free to email me anytime. So, Anyway, that's pretty exciting, and um, so a lot is going on. Hurricane Florence efforts are in full force, and I'm sure that they will get a lot of help going forward. Um, and the Chosen Ministry launch is going forward, and we're just anxious to see what God's going to do there. So, so much is happening, but um, that's it for today. I hope you all have a great day. I will talk to you soon.